Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. My name is Paul Ellis, and I'm your host for these programs about developments in this fast-growing industry. Policies and institutions that open opportunities for focus on people of color are not racist. They're not even an attempt to level the playing field after centuries of systemic racism. They are an effort to bring black people onto the playing field of economic mobility after centuries of being locked out. I'm quoting from a Forbes article published on October 12th and written by Lenwood V. Long Sr., President and CEO of the African American Alliance of CDFI CEOs. Lenwood's my guest for today's Sustainable Finance Podcast conversation. And he'll join me to tell us the story behind the article. But first, I want to say a few words about our sponsor. If you're tuning in to this podcast, then you already understand the crucial role finance plays in the transition to a sustainable future. With the right individuals leading the way in top companies, sustainability becomes more than just a buzzword. That's why we're excited to have Acre as our sponsor. As a world-leading sustainability search and recruitment company, Acre enables organizations to create real change by embedding and developing purpose-driven people in their teams. Visit the Acre website to learn more about the latest opportunities or to get in touch about building your perfect team. Hello, Lenwood, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Well, thank you, Paul, so much for having me. It's, it's my delight uh, to be your guest on this important podcast, Sustainable Finance. Thank yes. you. Thank you very much for joining us today. I know you sure. have a very busy schedule this week. We're going to dive right into the questions that, that we have for you, and, and yeah. off we go, right? Okay. So what do you think the impact on diversity programs in corporate America will be in light of last year's Supreme Court decision on affirmative action? Well, I, I, great question, I, and I would give two answers, sure. right? And, and, and the reason I, I give two answers, one is how um, perhaps corporate may pause and say that we need to re-examine uh, and perhaps uh, tweak uh, their methodology, their thinking. Then there's the second answer where corporate America say uh, the Supreme Court missed a point. And instead of retreating, we're going to reinforce our efforts to ensure that our goal toward making equality in America live, and we're going to pursue ahead. No, those are two answers from two possibilities. Okay, great. Well, that's a great way to start this conversation. Sure. Tell our audience now what you think conservative economists and anti-affirmative action leaders, uh, why they chose the Fearless Fund as a target. And you might want to give our audience a little background on what the Fearless Fund is yeah. and who who owns it and runs it. Sure. Well, the, the Fearless Fund or, or is, is a fund specifically designed by a group of black women, and they had the audacity to call it the Fearless Fund, uh, which has significant, right? It was designed to provide capital 
uh, to black women to help them start and scale businesses. Uh, and it was really, um, I attended to addressing uh, a universal problem affecting black and brown people, and that is access to capital. Correct. Uh, and so the fund was designed, I, I love to use this word, to level the playing field, <laughs> create opportunity, and thirdly, to say that those that's been denied will have an opportunity. And if I could just deviate just one second, is that if you look at, say, venture capital, uh, less than 0.39% of black women uh, access venture capital, less than 1% black <laughs> represent uh, the capital. And I, nobody jumping on that, right, that want to sue and want to stop the progress that we are making toward equality in America. Okay. Yes, you're right. The data on venture capital and private equity, for that matter, is distinctively um, uh, not in favor of women and people of color. The, uh, and, you're absolutely right. And those are both issues that, that we need to address much more fully and completely in the world of sustainable finance. So I agree. how do you envision the Fearless Fund ruling will affect the alliance and its work? Well, I, I think, one, um, let me respond by saying that uh, that ruling uh, missed the point. It missed the boat. It, it made an assumption, and here's the assumption, that black and brown people have access to capital uh, readily available. They have not looked at why do we create programs and funds uh, to address inequalities. And from that perspective, the alliance will continue its work to ensure that our members who are plagued by lack of capital, let me give you an example. Please do. Uh, Hope Policy Institute, just looking at the capital gap between white-led and black-led CDFIs, said the gap is six to one. It mirrors the racial wealth gap uh, that we see, which is horrendous uh, in America. And so the alliance, instead of pausing, instead of retreating, we say full speed ahead. Because what we are doing is addressing a systemic issue that no one else uh, is addressing. Okay. So now, can you give us some perspective uh, from your seat on how we can continue to close the racial wealth gap in the face of these type of threats to it uh, through the court system uh, and through the business community and just through the, uh, you know, the traditional way that that communities have have um, lived and, and not taken care of these issues over time. Yeah, you, you know, uh, the history of civil rights and the history of efforts to level the playing field, so to speak, began uh, in the early 70s, right? And really, you can go back to the ruling, uh, you know, the Board of Education, right? Uh, Brown versus Board of Education and that ruling. And, and so that issue was addressing uh, uh, education. And when you look at economic and you look at education, and if you're going to close a racial wealth gap, 
uh, what are the two tools uh, valuable to do that? And I want to submit that it's education and economic development. I agree. So with the you. courts uh, <laughs> uh, uh, is attacking education, right, and affirmative action, which allowed many black and brown people to get into university and college that here, here before would not have been able to do so. I'm a, I'm a Ford fellow, right, uh, at Georgia State University. Yeah. If it had not been affirmative action, I would never gotten into Georgia State University. I had a scholarship in social work to go to the University of Kentucky. And I'm talking about in 1972. It would have never happened, right? And so when we say that affirmative action uh, akin to not only education, but also uh, economic development, what we're, what we're really doing is paralyzing efforts to close the racial wealth gap. We are doing an injection of inertia and an injection of no activities uh, under the false assumption and notion that things are equal. It's not so, right? Uh, that's why this president, uh, if I want to use an example, has executive order. What would you need executive orders uh, if the playing field uh, was level? And I want to use a real live situation, right? I, I will not call that a name, but I'm going to just give an example. The Alliance have created the Black Renaissance Fund. Uh, this fund is designed to provide capital to our members to help them scale. Remember, they're the under-resourced, serving the under-resourced. They like access to capital. The businesses they serve like access to capital. And so we've created this fund to address this problem. Now, you would think that corporate America, financial institution, would be willing to make an investment in the Black Renaissance Fund. But what I hear is you're a new fund. You don't have any record, right? Uh, you don't have sufficiency. Well, thank you for that. But I do know where a major bank made an investment of $45 million to create uh, a loan fund that within their service area that had no track record. So here again, this desperate trick, this, this disparate uh, uh, treatment, this inequality plays out in so many ways. And that's why we have not only a capital gap, but a racial wealth gap in, in America. It's those continuation of systemic racism and institutional racism that prevent us from having a, uh, a, a level playing field. The Supreme Court uh, and Roberts and Thomas uh, had it wrong. Things are not normal in America. Okay. So now, in addition to what you've just spoken about and the, the fund that the, you started within, from within the Alliance, what other kinds of support can the Alliance provide to black entrepreneurs concerned about these current events? Oh, I, I, I do. I think what, through our policy and research work, uh, you know, for example, on CRA, the Community Reinvestment Act, where um, the, the banking industry had an opportunity to address uh, the benefits 
uh, the lack of efforts by banks making investment in the black community, uh, that not requiring that they provide racial data on what they serve, how many loans, where. I think it was a missed opportunity. And I think part of our work is to, through our research and policy effort, is to address this area, to address areas where we see this, this separate, uh, this inequality, this factualism in economics in our community. Isn't it interesting, back in 1968, Martin Luther King Jr. said that the twin of racial injustice was economic injustice. Mm -hmm. And what are, we, what are we having a conversation about this morning? Economic injustice continued to exist. Why? Because the heart of people making decisions is not aligned in doing the right thing. Let's go back to the Fearless Fund for uh, a moment, Lenwood, and sure. uh, tell me what you want people to know about the, uh, the attacks uh, on corporate diversity and equity efforts or how they're being made and how they're, they're being funded and approached within corporate uh, America. The, the, the premises of the effort to begin with was around the inequality that we see. Mm -hmm. The premises of developing those program was to make America and corporate America to be a part of the solution of closing the capital gap, the racial wealth gap. That was the premises. I, I was reading this morning. I had to go back and reread it to make sure I was reading it right. Uh, one of the things that Blum, who is uh, is uh, challenging the rule in this field is fine, says that that I want to quote it right. Our nation's civil rights civil right laws do not permit racial discrimination because some racial groups are overrepresented in various endeavors while they are underrepresented. What a hypocrisy. Uh, it's counter to that, right? This is not a matter of civil rights laws do not permit racial dis uh, distinction. Civil rights laws says that, look, you cannot discriminate, uh, nor can you reverse discriminate, but it's not predicated upon the historical, uh, left behind the historical inequities that we are trying to address. And so they're trying to weaponize civil rights laws and the Constitution uh, to really address their efforts to take us back uh, years uh, in the dark history of this country. So, Lenwood, um, through the alliance, I'm a little passionate about it. I, I can, I can tell. I'm glad you are. It's, it's, it's good to have passion uh, around these types of issues because they're yeah. so embedded in our, in our culture and our, and our financial world as well. And I Thank was you, going Paul. to say that the opportunity to focus on issues like this is being brought up, if you will, on a fairly consistent basis uh, within our overall culture lately. How are you helping people through the Alliance uh, work with these types of issues in communities around the country? And how are other members of your Alliance, other CDFIs within the Alliance, doing the same thing? Yeah, it, 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 is, it is simply 
uh, one, not retreating. That's that's one. Two is arming our members uh, and galvanizing voices around the importance of taking a stand against uh, this nonsense uh, where uh, these conservative groups, well-funded, are trying to stop the economic progress of black and brown people in this country, period. And so it's going to have to be a new renaissance of voices that say enough is enough and that we will we refuse to go back and that we're going to have to counter suit. And I call on corporate America uh, to invest in programs like the Alliance and then invest in legal efforts uh, to stop this nonsense of this well-funded efforts by these organizations who pick and choose the right court, uh, the right judges who align with this philosophy that all is equal and any fund that address inequality is against the Constitution uh, is anti uh, civil rights bill. Hogwash, I say. Okay, well, Enwood, listen, it's been great speaking with you this morning. Thank you. And we want to make sure that folks know how to get in touch with you, how our listeners and our followers can get in touch with you and with the African American Alliance of CDFI CEOs in order sure. to find out more about your programs that they can take advantage of and how can our followers of the sustainable finance podcast get in touch with you with questions about the topics that we've discussed in today's program good you can go to our website uh uh again uh just aaacdfi.org and you when you get on that website you go down and 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 just hit that button you will see teams you will find this guy Linwood Long and I'll be happy to respond uh and by the way also on our website you'll see our voices and some of our policy issues and platform uh and statements that we are pushing back uh, against these efforts uh, to impede progress toward Amer uh, uh, equality in America. Great. Well, thank you very much, Lenwood V. Long Sr. And for our listeners, if you're ready to take your team to the next level, or if you're an experienced sustainability professional, visit the Acre website to get in touch. With the right individuals leading the way in your company, sustainability becomes more than a buzzword. Let Acre enable real change by embedding and developing purpose-driven people in your teams. And to our followers, join us again next week for another episode. I'm Paul Ellis, and this is the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Sustainable.